0: hello
1: forever all right so you've got one for you ready think hard about this one okay because it's a real thinker why did the chicken go to the seance
0: why did the chicken go to the seance? Whoa, God, he just wanted to reach the other side. God damn it.
1: <laughs> Bingo! I knew you had it in you, buddy. Welcome, boys
0: and ghouls, to a motherfucking mini-show. Halloween is forever. I'm Brian. I'm still current champ, Steve. You're, <laughs> you're stuck with me. <laughs> Guys... It's becoming a problem. It's becoming a
1: real problem in my life and and the lives of, of many uh, people out there, which we'll talk about here in a sec, how we're going to try to rectify that. Um, I think we got a good plan. I think we got a good plan of attack. We really need to get out from under this just dark cloud that's hanging over us. That is Steve's three Pete. Uh, but we'll get into all that here in a damn old second, guys. Welcome to the show. We got a little uh, mini loaded up for you today. Going to be a real fun one. We're going to talk about a brand new uh, Shutter original uh, that released here just, uh, oh boy, I think in the last week or so, mm-hmm. right? Um, maybe last two weeks, something like that. Brooklyn 45, uh, which is a fun little flicky. That Steve and I watched this week. We're going to talk about that. Uh, we also have some other things we got to talk about. For those of you who are new to the show, before we get into that, it's probably relevant for me to tell you how this son of a and thing works. We usually get some uh, little influx of listeners here in the summertime leading into that dang old spooky season. People starting to think about spooky, spooky stuff. Uh, some of us are thinking about spooky, spooky stuff all year round. Some people just start to indulge in the spooky, spooky stuff during, during a certain time of year um i want to reiterate fuck you fuck you you bandwagon fans <laughs> coming on here during the halloween during the spooky susan uh kiss my ass uh also welcome thank you for thank you for tuning in um here's how this bitching thing goes we pop uh some old content on interwebs every monday uh but our showdown episode for the uh each month is the first monday of the month we have a whole bunch of damn old topics some of them are shut some of them are other kind of weird shit kind of like we have this month we throw a bunch of them on this big old giant spinny wheel we're always ready for suggestions so uh moving into uh i don't want to say season three but year three of the podcast, uh, kicking off year number three, we're looking for some new uh, some new potential topics. So send them our way in the DMS. Uh, got a couple of uh, of fun ones recently that will add to the list when we start spinning uh, about our August showdown episode. Uh, but keep them coming. Send them to us in the old DMS at Halloween is forever. On Instagram, at Hallow Forever on Twitter, Halloween is Forever on Facebook. Or if you want to send us one of them damn old, old fashioned emails, I haven't mentioned that in a while. It's at Halloween, or I'm sorry, Halloween is Forever pod at gmail.com. Still going to make that mistake every goddamn time. So then once we have those three topics, we put them out on the social medias. And all of our social media friends and listeners vote on which topic they want us to talk about. Once we have a topic, we each pick a movie or a show or whatever pick that's associated with that topic. Then on our showdown episode, we argue about it and all that sort of thing. This coming showdown episode, which will be our July showdown episode, uh, will be our first showdown. Not our not our first showdown overall, sans Meg, but our first showdown uh, since Meg's... Um, post Meg era the post Meg era that's a good way (laughs) of putting it yeah let's think about his eras right Meg was like that was the attitude era let's be honest with it that was bog hag era Uh, you know and and listen Meg's Meg's not dead. She's just dead to us. Um <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. She's gonna she's no, she's gonna she's promised she's gonna come back, but she's got a bunch of stuff going on. So she doesn't have the uh the old bandwidth necessary to record every week. So she's gonna come and go as she pleases. She's just gonna fucking roll in here, you know, flip a table, piss on the rug, and then fuck off for a couple months. That's her style Just like a Brock Lesnar. <laughs> just like a big old Brock Lesnar, just like the rock ultimately yep. became a CM Punk, if you will, just floating around doing whatever the fuck they want. Uh, and, you know, she'll, she'll be back periodically. However, uh, in the interim, we're going to have some fun, special guests for those showdown episodes. We've had in the past our lovely friend uh, Bigfoot Ben, uh, which I'm sure will come back and, and be on another one in the future. Um, and uh, let I, I won't bury the lead here. We have our topic for the July showdown. And we also have a guest, which I'm, I'm going to tease, but I'm not going to tell you until next week who our guest is going to be to discuss. But when we talk about um, the topic, you may be able to guess who the guest is. Uh, maybe, maybe not in any case. So here's what you had to choose from uh, for the uh, uh, the July showdown episode that we just voted for here in June. Um, we had found footage uh we had what was the other one i just forgot (laughs) we had nickelodeon halloween specials (laughs) i just asked steve before we started recording what were the what are they again and he he reminded me and then i immediately forgot because i have weed brains oh yeah yeah, yeah. um (laughs) nickelodeon halloween found footage and uh rage virus that was the one i was forgetting so those were the three Uh, The one that was selected received over 50% uh, of the overall votes from our social media friends and listeners was Nickelodeon Halloween, you guys. So a little bit of a departure. Usually we're talking about uh, flicks. We're talking about movies. Now, that's not to say we can't talk about movies, but this has opened up to a whole host of uh, Halloween specials, Halloween episodes of Nickelodeon shows, things that have aired on nickelodeon that have something to do with halloween that is uh th- that is that is being left you know pretty wide open in that capacity so that should be fun little change of pace like to hear that gins are uh getting psyched up for the spooky season uh as as i am as well so knowing that you may be able to guess uh or or or, or you might be able to establish a, a reasonable estimate about who are um, guest is going to be for the July Showdown episode, but I'm not going to tell you that. I'm going to I'm going to tease it on until next week. So, if you've got suggestions, however, for Nickelodeon Halloween related things, like I said, episodes, maybe it was a made-for-TV movie, maybe it was some sort of other weird special thing. I don't even know nothing about. Send them over to us. Suggest them. Pop them our way in the old DMs. We'll be happy to uh, uh, to to have some other options to choose from. So excited for that in july um all right uh now let's get into the business we got to talk about here on this whole episode first of all steve you got beers that you're enjoying is there some beers we should talk about i'm enjoying there? a beer we got
0: i picked up oh I, I took a little trip over creekside not too long ago mm-hmm. i picked up like four out of there yeah but uh the one you you heard about the ones last week about mm-hmm. those orange those orange goofes mm-hmm. uh, that I was drinking, but this one is just something straight down the middle, nice and easy. Mm-hmm. Cellarworks Brewing, Cocoa Bean Sweet Stout.
1: All right, all right, you're off yep. the go- you're off the goof shit for a week. Um, yeah, no goof oh, shit this week. No goof <laughs> shit this week. Yeah, I've been on a little bit of a goof. How is it? First of all,
0: I mean it's nice. Yeah, it's just a it's got like it's not a coffee stout Mm -hmm. it's just a it's a nice sweet stout like it there's no super bells and whistles with it so it's hard to really say it uh, does anything wrong it doesn't Mm -hmm. do anything like blow your socks off either it's just a nice sweet stout to sit down with
1: nice all right what's abv on that some bitch i'm always curious because only five yeah nice little moderate abv milk stout situation you always like to see it um, I used to drink an absolute fuckload of Mackeson's Triple X Stout back in the day. For all you old craft beer heads, all you, impo- <laughs> all you import bastards out there, y'all old money tickers, <laughs> you might know about uh, and Triple X Stout, all y'all kids out there, you don't know nothing about Mackeson's Triple X Stout, but that was like a really nice moderate ABV, I think it was right around 5% milk stout, I used to slurp that shit down
0: uh, back in the day. Yeah. Um, I think I've only had one of those, and I I, I, it it didn't impress me when I had it.
1: Yeah, it's there's nothing it's like there's no frills to it. It's just a nice, slightly roasty, sweet English, you know, milk stout, sweet stout, milk stout. Those terms are are interchangeable. (laughs) Basically, back in the day, guys, it was kind of a novelty to have lactose in your beer. Uh, You put a little (laughs) lactose in there. People were like, what the fuck? Like, I remember going to the homebrew shop the first time I made a a milk stout and uh, asking for lactose and uh they were like oh making a milk style, huh like because that's the only style you would see it in now it's like right nine out of ten beers on a given draft list sometimes have la- have lactose in them <laughs>
0: um well that's also because so. that draft list is nine out of ten ipas ipas <laughs> and
1: and yeah and sweet and uh and and slushy sours and stuff like that right. Which, listen guys i like them a little bit we're doing some actually we're doing some weird stuff with some of those types of beers here uh with the old Dead Arcade uh project Steve and I are working on. Shameless uh plug. If you don't know about Dead Arcade B or B I E R, go follow us on the social media's the little project. Uh your boy uh me your boys uh, are working on um
0: uh, a little side it's project brewing company. The audience. <laughs> yeah. It for- is
1: it is weird fucking cryptic cosmic horror retro arcade themed brewing company. So it does feel yeah. like a good target audience. There's quite a, the, the, the Venn diagram of people who might like this podcast and people who might like dead arcade beer is, is essentially a circle. Um, yeah (laughs) we 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 know our audience we cater to a niche audience
0: over here (laughs) Uh, we don't do we don't do anything (laughs) different outside of this like it's not (laughs) it's not like we're you know know, doing mid-modern century architecture on the (laughs) outsides (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah, we don't we don't leave here and then all and then just like really focus on like horticulture like it's spooky shit um (laughs) outside of here as well um But speaking of beersies, I got a little one here, and it's a dark boy, too. Look at this little handsome son of a bitch. Um, Not a stout, uh, but I am drinking. The name of the beer is uh, Black Forest Hills. This is a Czech dark lager uh, from our lovely friends over at Union Brothers Brewing in beautiful historical Harmony, Pennsylvania, which is right out my way. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys are cool and their beer's good and the food's good. And I have not been to their new location, which I know they're just like, it's not up and running, but they're doing some pop ups over there. Um, Mm -hmm. And goddamn, their beers have been really impressive. Um, I've always liked their beer. I probably didn't frequent them as much as I should. And recently I started going over and snatching up some beer from them and everything's fucking nice.
0: Real nice. Oh, yeah. Um, So now now that's a brewery. I definitely got started on their gloop gloop shit. Mm-hmm. before I started having, like, their regular stuff. But, like, I like their Glue Gloopglob stuff, so...
1: <laughs> yeah, and actually, I haven't had much of their Glue Club stuff. I just went in the other direction. I remember mm-hmm. um, I was really on a kick there for a while. This is... Oh, boy, this might have been even during COVID. They had an ESB that was really nice that I was drinking the shit out of. And they do a nice mix. You know, you go over there, get a good old West Coast IPA. You get a Check dark lager, you know, stuff like that. But then also, if you're in the mood for some, for, for some goof shit... Um, you can go goof shit too, and they do a really nice job with that. And I say goof shit, um, you know, uh, tongue in cheek, but, uh, you know, literally that's the type of shit we're doing with 10 arcades. So, right. <laughs> like, that's, uh, I, I enjoy that stuff as well. But um, you can go real classic style. You can do straight goof troop and, and anything in between. So, yeah, check out your boys over there at, uh, at Union Brothers. They do a real nice job. This check dark logger is fucking killer. I got a six pack of it. And nice. I think this is my last one, actually so okay so we talked about the beers we talked about the upcoming shows and all that sort of thing also i will remind everyone once again if you've got topics for minisodes send them our way as well because um yeah we're, we're kind of you know we, we kind of you know leave those up to our own discretion like for example yesterday we're like what are we going to record for a minisode this week didn't really have anything in the hopper so you said what do you want to record i said hey didn't i see you watch that there brooklyn 45 i watched it too let's talk about it so it's as simple as that, guys. If you want to send some suggestions our way for minisodes, uh, we quite often take those suggestions and, uh, and and do them on the dank spot. So um, so this uh, movie, I did not realize because I didn't know anything about it. Besides, it was just like being pretty prominently featured on Shudder, uh, kind of a holiday type of film um vaguely takes place during the holiday season <laughs> uh this
0: is less of a christmas film than die hard is
1: <laughs> this is to what, what other movie did we watch that that long ago that we were like wow wasn't expecting a christmas movie or christmas horror oh oh uh, it was the freaking uh the one with the, the 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 uh the it was a full moon feature right
0: what was the one oh, with the yeah, cyborg yeah. uh bullshit yeah yeah, yeah murder bot murder bot
1: yes murder bot right. we were also surprised to learn that 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 was a, a christmas themed horror movie as well this one is vaguely um a, you know christmas themed there's definitely some some christmas season imagery here but um you know before we get into the story i guess a little bit uh this just came out um released on uh uh like i said on shutter as, as a shutter original i think it was at South by last year, but it definitely did like the the festival circuit from what I understand, you know, it has a pretty good pedigree behind it. Um, it's got a a, a a director that I've been really, you know, has kind of like had some sporadic directing uh, uh, jobs, uh, but I've been what I've seen. I've liked a lot, which is uh, Ted. Uh, how am I going to say his last name without fucking it up? Uh, oh,
0: you won't because <laughs> uh, I don't know how to say it either. So. Goggin? I think it's just Goggin. Ted Goggin, maybe. Uh I would say if I took a stab at it, Ted Gogin? Gogen? Gogin? Goggin?
1: That's um, how I, I would I... go
0: for it, but I think we're both wrong, so Yeah, probably.
1: But it's G-E-O-G-H-E-G-A-N. Hell of a last name, uh, but uh, you'll recognize <laughs> Buy some
0: hard consonants, Ted. <laughs>
1: come on, figure it out, uh, figure it out with the last name there. But, um, you know, not a ton of uh, directing credits, just for I've seen. Um, uh, I have not seen uh, Queer for Fear, the history of queer horror, although it's been on my watch to watch list for a while, but haven't pulled the trigger on that. But I really liked uh, We Are Still Here. And I think I've talked about that a couple times. That was his um, I think his like kind of uh, featured directorial debut, um and, and was fucking great. Also featured Larry Fessenden, which will, you know, which was in this, um, and just really creepy, atmospheric, uh, some great scares, great performances, and uh and and of course had uh the great barbara crampton in it which I'm, I'm never gonna not watch something with barbara crampton in it um <laughs> was was really really good i think you we talked about that before you've seen
0: that one right uh i we talked about it before but i actually hadn't seen it all the way through until mm. after watching brooklyn 45 because mm. i like i i watched it like we are still here has been on amazon prime forever
1: yeah it's so from 2015 pop- it's been around for a minute yeah
0: Yeah, so I definitely had popped it on and, like, have fallen asleep on it. And just because, you know, I just fall asleep on movies because I'm old now. (laughs) I go to bed (laughs) watching shit. I do it all the time. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I just had, I hadn't, I hadn't revisited yet, it yet. But after watching Brooklyn 45 all the way through and enjoying this movie, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'm going to dedicate the time and, like, really dive into uh, We Are Still Here as well. And, like, I like it. Yeah, I like that film as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. um, I I think I might have misspoke. He was a producer on um, uh, the queer horror, uh, uh, you know, miniseries that's on Shutter. Um, His other direct Mm -hmm. directorial besides uh, We're Still Here, he did Mohawk, which I did watch. I'll be honest, I I have a a a good like inclination about. Like I do recall enjoying the movie, but I don't remember a lot about it. It was from twenty seventeen. But I do remember watching that, I think, like in the pretty early days, because I think that was on Shudder as well. And then the Mm. other one, his other director credit besides um, Brooklyn 45 is something that I'm intrigued just because of the title is International Playboy's first movie, colon Ghouls Gone Wild. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And listen, if last week taught us anything is if you put a ghoul slash girls pun in there. We're in for a treat. So I would check that out, but it does look like a, a video or short film type of thing, something like that. But
0: yeah, it seems like he definitely, like it may even be his student film. Could be. Cause it's from, it's from 2004, meaning it's before mine.
1: Oh, yeah. So. I didn't even recognize. I didn't even look at that. You're right. It's, yeah, that's So that's, that's going back almost a couple decades at this point. So that might have been a, like you said, you, you might be right. There might be a student film. Um, Definitely a lot more credits as a writer, Uh, writer director uh, is worth noting for for um, all of his, uh, you know, for his his three feature length director roles. He also wrote. He also wrote the story for Satanic Panic, um, which was, you know, just from a few years ago, which was a fun flick Um, Mm -hmm. screen play for a short called Night of the Pumpkin. Don't know anything about that. Uh, but there was a couple other things that I think I recognize. Uh, maybe not. Maybe I'm thinking of one of the directors, but uh, or one of the the performers rather. But uh, yeah, I mean, we're still here and, you know, following up with this with Brooklyn 45 feeling feeling pretty good about uh, uh, about our old boy, Teddy, um, got some yeah. quality stuff here.
0: Yeah, it seems like he's he's ready to take off like he's you know, not that he's not done anything, but like he's, you know ramping up now yeah it feels like between this yeah between this film and you know we are still here i I haven't seen mohawk and i never i didn't hear a lot of buzz about it so i can't i can't comment one way or the other but you know these two ghost films are definitely getting them a lot of buzz
1: yeah yeah i i mean i've seen uh we're still here as like one of the like sleeper picks of the of the teens kind of thing uh for Mm -hmm. war you know on some of those lists that's like the best uh you know, uh, uh, underrated horror films of the 2010s kind of kind of lists. I've seen Mm -hmm. that pop up on there as well, which I would I would agree with a little bit about the cast here. Um, Definitely some very some recognizable folks, not necessarily folks who have been in a ton of things, with the exception of uh, Anne Ramsey, who you would recognize right off the bat. She plays Marla. She's been in a ton of things, a lot of TV, um, some genre stuff for sure. Um, I think her biggest credit, if I'm not mistaken, was a a sitcom. Uh, what was it? Uh, she was in uh, A League of Their Own. Uh, she was in the right. Taking of Deborah Logan uh, for for uh, and Planet of the Apes for genre fans. And fans. Oh, Mad About You. She was on Mad About You, um, which was you know pretty pretty big sitcom for a long time. But yeah, like she is a face you would definitely recognize, and and she does i think a, a a great job in this um you you have uh we we mentioned uh one uh mr larry Fessenden, who is a uh a genre darling director uh in his own right as well as a a, a prolific producer performer uh just been around the the genre for a for a long time. And like, I'll watch pretty much anything with him in it. He plays Lieutenant Colonel Clive Hawk, Slat, Hawk style, Statter, Slatter, Statter, uh, <laughs> Statter. Good, you get it. Statter. Good God. <laughs> I got mush mouth guys. Um, yeah, they call him uh Hawk. Most of the time they refer to him as Hawk, uh, in, in the movie. And he's kind of like the person that's really, you know, obvi- he is almost the inciting incident <laughs> in the movie in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. which We'll talk about it in a sec. Um, you have uh, Major Paul DeFranco, played by Ezra Buzzington. Holy shit! What a name, uh, Ezra Buzzington. Not familiar. Like I recognize the guy's face, didn't recognize the name. That's not a name you'd forget. But then I looked in there, and, and he has been in you know uh, quite a, quite a few genre films. Like it, it, you know, uh, genre fans would probably recognize his face. Um, and then, do you
0: think? Do you think this name is? like a chosen stage name because he he just kind of knows that he has like an old school like flair and face about him yeah so he's just like hold on i'm just gonna typecast myself real quick by making it sound like i'm from 1933
1: (laughs) yeah he has that type of like um uh he, he has a very distinct look to him um you know not not to not to sound crass but like he yeah he he has he was in the remake of the hills have eyes and and you kind of not that he's even like i'm not saying he's like a bad looking guy he's just got like pretty exaggerated features um and he has done some like kind of like creature work type of thing um and and with prosthetics and stuff and and like i said in the the remake of the hills have eyes you look at the the image from that you'll recognize him in that he's played some like minor roles in some really big movies though fight club you know minor role in fight club um you know minor role in the artist um but over a 100 acting credits uh even directed a little bit like again it's a face you will definitely remember like recognize um he was in Nightmare cinema I don't know if you remember that from a few years ago we might mm-hmm. we might have even talked about it, but that was kind of a fun little one. didn't have like Mickey Rourke or something weird in it um if i don't if i don't uh, uh if i'm if I'm remembering properly but like yeah this guy just always plays like <laughs> like i don't know what to say it, but just like kind of grimy uh uh oftentimes either british or. Like kinda flat top uh you know, square headed, uh uh like uptight military-ish types. Not always military, but just like kind of uh establishment types, I will say. Um mm-hmm. yeah, he, he's 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 actually he plays a bunch of squares. <laughs> he does. He oftentimes does. Um, but but boy, he he's just you're looking down through his his uh IMDB and this guy is just has been in so much stuff. It's it's wild. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, and then I guess the the other person who I, um, two other people I guess we should probably mention Jeremy Jeremy Home or a few other people real quick. Jeremy Home, who um, I thought I recognized him from more stuff. He plays Archie Major Archibald Stanton. Um, he mm-hmm. has like I don't really recognize him from a lot of stuff, but I I definitely recognize his face. Um. Seems like the kind of guy who would be in some some Hallmark Christmas movies. Uh, just like <laughs> a big strapping, you know, handsome, older, you know, I would say older, but like middle aged gentleman. Um,
0: he has a yeah, he has like kind of almost almost like a Chris Noth kind of thing going for him. I could see that. Yeah. Where he's yeah, he's just like tall and strapping and like almost uh almost similar to John Hamm as well.
1: Yeah, I, I could see yeah. that as well. He's he's just got that like classic. Uh, uh, he, I get apparently he was in House of Cards like that kind of makes sense. Um, and even I'm I'm looking through his photos in IMDb and there's a couple instances where he was playing like kind of like it looks like a rednecky type of character. And he almost looks out of place because he's just too like he's just got that kind of. 50s 60s uh uh businessman like classically handsome look to him (laughs) so he almost looks weird dressed up as like this redneck kind (laughs) of um kind of thing uh he looks like he
0: looks like if they cast if they needed to cast the guy who played superman in the original superman serials (laughs) uh, george reeve yeah like if they wanted to cast george reeves they would cast him instead of ben affleck (laughs) yeah yeah i could see that i could see that or christopher reeves no no george reeves was the original serial actor christopher reeve was the 70s
1: christopher reeve yeah is who i was thinking of i i don't know who george reeves is my uh my history with superman doesn't go back beyond (laughs) christopher reeves um uh yeah and then you've got uh again another very recognizable face in christina i think it's kleeb um yeah yeah and she's she's been in a bunch of stuff rob zombies halloween um probably most notably for for genre fans but um yeah she's she's been in a ton of things as well so again you would probably recognize her and then the only person that i did that that wasn't uh, like an immediately recognizable face for me was the guy who played bob which is ron e reigns and i really get a kick out of when someone's middle initial kind of like Sounds like it could be part of their first name, (laughs) like Ron E. Reigns. It's like Chuck E. Cheese. Um, I swear that like he looks so familiar. He just looks like he plays a square again in like everything. But I look down through Mm -hmm. him like I don't really recognize him from from much on here. Um,
0: Yeah. I mean, his his acting career only goes back to 2014. So it seems like he maybe got started later in life. Yeah. Yeah. Are you but are you trying to uh, are you trying to say that Ron also picked his own stage name and that his <laughs> middle name is entertainment?
1: <laughs> I would love to believe that. And I do. I choose to believe that. Yes. Uh, his name is Ron Entertainment Reigns. I forgot that <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese's middle name is entertainment. Um That is really I every like I would say once every five years, I'm reminded of that. And it just tickles me just as much every time. um charles
0: entertainment (laughs) cheese charles
1: (laughs) entertainment cheese um ronald entertainment reigns um yeah so short small cast uh on on this but but a lot of recognizable faces this is a uh not to sound too um i don't know snobbish about it but i would go as far as to call this a, a chamber drama Um I think think that's what they call this whole this type of of, uh of film. And it and it sounds it actually feels a lot more like a like a stage play in in a lot of ways. Um, you know, pretty much 95% of it takes place in one room. Um Mm -hmm. and and it's all this kind of emotional tension slash human drama between this group of people in this one singular room. So it's almost like one of those, uh, they put a bunch of people in the room, throw some wild shit at them and see how they like tear each other apart kind of thing. But, uh, I'll, I'll read the, uh, the IMDB brief plot synopsis here, which I think sums it up pretty well. Five military veterans, best friends since childhood. Um, which I didn't necessarily glean that they were all best friends since childhood. Like, I don't know if that's something that. Yeah, like I didn't they get been that friends, either. Certainly from the war and potentially even relationships from pre-war. But best friends since childhood seems like a stretch. But anyway, uh, they gather, Espe-
0: especially with Bob. Bob yeah. is the far outsider from everybody.
1: Yes. Cur- yeah, agreed. Um, but uh, yeah, so they gather together to support their troubled host. That would be uh, Hawk played by uh, Larry Fessenden. And the metaphoric ghosts of their past become all too literal. (laughs) Um, So Brooklyn, 45, it takes place in Brooklyn in 1945. Also, there is a a gun at play, which uh, appears to be a 45 caliber uh, semi-automatic handgun. So I think that probably has something to do with it as well. Yeah. But it takes place, I think it was the 27th of December. It's between Christmas and New Year's. And essentially, what they're saying is Hawk, Larry Feston's character, um, invites the rest of them there. Again, Marla, played by Ann Ramsey, Bob, played by Ron, Entertainment Reigns. Um, they are a, a couple, a married couple. Um, Anne is uh, a veteran of the military, was in the war, but she is known as um, they establish very clearly and, and almost like almost overly established that she's like extremely intelligent and a, uh, a like a military intelligence officer type of person and specifically her specialty is that she is the u.s army's best interrogator yeah marla the merciless right marla the merciless they call her she's she is america's greatest uh in, 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 interrogator right Bob is so she is this very like strong, you know, uh, 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 you know, cunning type of person. But generally speaking, like a very kind of warm character, she's obviously, you know, um, dealing with some sort of uh, um, wound or something like physical disability. She's got a cane. She walks with a limp that that presumably happened during the war. And Bob is her um, her more kind of mild mannered uh, uh, husband. Uh, pencil pusher
0: kind of character they refer to him as um there which s- which I have I have A Theory About Bob. Oh. But we 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 can talk about it a little bit later. But That I sounds think-
1: like a movie from 2013, A Theory About Bob.
0: <laughs> um It's a sequel <laughs> yeah. starring Bill Murray.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. All right. I'm interested to hear that. Yeah, he um they they they're showing up to uh, hawk's house larry Fessenden's character uh who was kind of the superior officer for you know assumedly um a, a whole host of people um it's his house he is struggling you c- pretty quickly are able to glean from um from exposition and there is a lot of exposition dumping that happens in the first like 50 10 minutes 10 to 15 minutes of this movie it almost feels pretty heavy-handed i would say mm-hmm. in the amount of exposition you're getting but that his wife had uh, committed suicide. You don't get all the details. At first, you're like, oh, she's gone. And then it becomes pretty clear that um, through some, like I said, some 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 turns of phrase that are used that she committed suicide. Um, and he's in a bad place and he's drinking his face off and he's invited them all here for support or, you know, un- under the guise of like a holiday gathering kind of thing. Um, uh, Jeremy Holmes character, Archie, is the kind of all-American boy, uh, tough guy, leatherneck, you know, soldier type, big strapping son of a bitch. You know, he's the, you know, point him at the enemy and he's going to go kill him. Um, the, pretty quickly they establish, which is the, the, you know, kind of, uh, I don't say twist, but the idea, especially in 1945, that he is a, uh, at least amongst his friends out of the closet, uh, he's out of the closet gay, um, Mm -hmm. which would have been, yeah, quite a, quite a, uh, a stance to take in 1945, especially as in, in the military, but, um, it is well established and understood and and accepted, you know, amongst this group of friends. Um, of course there is a lot of, uh, yeah, kind of, Gay bashing in a somewhat friendly way, but then also in a not friendly way towards him, and he's he seems to be pretty comfortable, uh, it, it, you know, with with his sexual identity, and most of the rest of them do, but you know, specifically uh, uh Paul, uh, which we'll talk about in a second. Like Connie uses a weird thing to like lord over him. Um, then you have Paul, who's the major. Paul is like you know a, a superior officer. But not ranking as high as uh, as as Hawk and he is Hawk's best friend. He mentions 90 times that they're they're best friends. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So
0: like, yeah, so like the 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 breakdown goes and I think this is how they all kind of meet each other is that like Hawk is the colonel. And so he was in direct command of he was in direct command of Archie and Paul. Mm hmm. And I think Paul, like even even though Paul and Archie both address each other as major, mm-hmm. I think at some point Paul also was Archie's commanding officer.
1: That was the thing that it felt like to me as well, but they have the same rank. So it was a little confusing.
0: Yeah, and I think I think it's just because of uh, Archie's actions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He gets promoted up the major because uh, he, he's he seems younger then it obviously Hawk and Paul. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They so they 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 come in, uh, you know, under the guise of, you know, you know, and they uh, a holiday gathering. There's a lot of pleasantries. They pretty quickly jump to the to the punch, which is uh things ain't going so good for old Colonel Hawk. He's really struggling, you know, and it has been at this point. It was Thanksgiving morning that his that his wife committed suicide. You come to learn that she slashed her wrist. And um, you start to pick up pieces of, of what was happening with her. Um, and really, you you come to realize, you know, one of two things. Um, and, and there's two kind of simultaneous narratives going on. One is that she was struggling with uh, mental illness. And the other thing is that she either had delusions that some of her neighbors were Nazi spies or she knew something everyone else didn't, and she wasn't struggling with mental illness, and they were, in fact, Nazi spies. She was trying to tell everyone that would listen. She was being, you know, written off as, you know, struggling with mental illness. And of course, in 1945, that would have been even much more stigmatized than it is now. So ultimately, that drove her to commit suicide. Um, so hawk is struggling decides uh you know hey i am really i'm hurting here he talks about this path he went down of uh you know kind of turning to turning to jebus uh and and going to church and all this stuff and then kind of had a a a, a, you know a, a collapsing of his faith when you know a priest told him his wife was in hell because she committed suicide he wasn't able to deal with that Ultimately, he has learned that, uh, you know, something about um, seances and, and summoning, you know, spirits of the dead and all that sort of thing. And he convinces with this, you know, prolonged sob story that everyone um, needs to, uh, you know, humor him and participate in a seance.
0: It's, it's one of those things where like he's like you're saying, like the stigma behind mental illness back then. Mm -hmm. would have been so great that like you would rather believe because if you don't like that person is going to wind up locked away forever yeah so you had so you have to hold on longer in believing that that person isn't crazy you know to keep them like from being thrown away like (laughs) yeah
1: the stakes are so high to to call to to call that card you know what i mean that you'll mm-hmm. you'll try to believe almost anything and keep that as an absolute last resort. The the interesting thing about this is they they start to perform this seance and almost immediately shit starts happening. Like this, you know, there is this kind of I think the movie moves fast at this point because they want to get to the action um and, and, right. the, and the spookies. Um, but in doing so, they definitely uh, uh uh really dump a lot of exposition in a short amount of time which i think is to the end of hey let's get on with the spooks um right. and, and, and ramp the tension up pretty quick um which they do successfully but during the séance early on you start to hear some 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 noises some weird old noises something rattling around you know in the room somewhere and then you're like, oh, this could be just, you know, could be anything, right? Could be, could be, uh, you know, some sort of, you know, it just sounds like a rattling noise, w- you know, in in a closet, right? Um, which ultimately um, becomes the case. But then a dang old ghost arm fucking comes up out of yeah. the table. Like, it really goes <laughs> into the, de- like, full-on supernatural very quickly.
0: Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think the progression of this seance scene is so great. Especially because the way the closet plays into it. Yeah. And then, you know, the way Hawks just like ignore the closet, but focus on the seance. Yeah. And then, yeah. So, you, you know, know,
1: he knows something that everybody else doesn't.
0: Right. Yeah. And um, then just the way the ghost arm appears, it like it, it reminded me so much of the way they do the ghost effects in Ghostbusters.
1: Exactly what I was going to say. It reminds me so much of Ghostbusters, the way it's just like, um manifesting like through the surface almost like it's a like a puddle or a pool or something like that mm-hmm. um just really was reminiscent of ghostbusters
0: yeah the other i mean yeah the the way the effect is done is like so ghostbusters the other thing it reminded me of is uh i don't know if you've seen it but the film extraordinary which was
1: is that the one <laughs> yeah is that the one where there's like the the guy with the afro is the ghost and is that what we, uh no okay we're thinking about something else then
0: okay no i don't think i've seen extraordinary <laughs> extraordinary is the one with will forte oh 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 oh, oh. it's a it's a, I think it's it's either irish or british i forget
1: i did not see it but i do remember the previews and i remember that being one of the movies you know one of the it's a it's a that's a tv show isn't it though no 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 yeah, it was a
0: movie oh no.
1: okay i was thinking it was a tv show I just remember the Will Forte and like seeing the previews and going like, that looks fun. And then I never watched it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, It's a great movie. But like one of the things in that movie is the ghost manifest as like basically just this big giant ball of snot. (laughs) Yeah, exactly as the way Hawk coughs it up. So Mm -hmm. it's like I was like, did Ted just rip that off from Extraordinary. (laughs) because he just coughs up ghost slime
1: he just barfs up a big ghost loogie on the on the on the desk or on the table rather um yeah so and, and that there is some speculation about and and there is some like the plot is is a little spotty i would say in this movie to the point where like they they intentionally don't explain some things so they leave you in the dark on some stuff intentionally so that you feel a little bit of confusion along with the characters which i like but ultimately there are some like i don't know if i would even say plot holes but just some stuff they're like okay well why did that happen if this was the case you know what i mean um which which i guess we'll get to but you know hawk coughs up some dang old ghost snot and he's talking a lot about you know hey we can't You know, it's it's almost a a trope in, you know, supernatural seance type movies where it's like or or when, you know, satanic rituals or 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 supernatural, you know, rituals are happening where it's like you can't you got to properly close the gate or else you leave it open and then all kind of bad stuff can happen. Like that's a, you know, a a pretty established trope.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: But you never really. I guess that is just a little bit the inciting incident where like the, the circle of the seance is broken. So now the ghosts, the spirits, whatever they are can kind of pop out uh, and, and manifest themselves in a lot of different ways. Um, So when they kind of break the, the, the circle of the seance, if you will, and the ghost arm, you know, kind of goes back in. Then all of a sudden Hawk is like, Wow. Okay, that just proved there is an afterlife, and uh, you know that means that uh, there is heaven and hell, and or or whatever. And now I can go see uh, my uh, you know my wife, whose name is Susan, who they all know and 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 have like affection for, but yeah are all kind of torn on whether or not she was it's it seems to be generally accepted that she was mentally ill but but not by everybody
0: right it yeah it's one of those things that like not everybody is saying it out loud yeah uh i did like though how like in the seance after like the arm comes out and like they hear the voices and everything everybody at the table accepts that like ghosts are real and the people who knew her, which would have been Marla and Paul, mm-hmm. they both recognize it as Susie. So it's it's nice that you don't have a character that is like full of disbelief of the supernatural mm-hmm. after it happens right in front of them.
1: Yeah, because that usually you do get that.
0: Yeah. In this type of story. So, right. And and so they reserve like the, the disbelief for the next thing that comes up, which is. A German lady falls out of the closet, which was banging. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, which you don't see that coming. It's like, okay, whoa, no, all right, we got great. some supernatural things going. All right, sick. And then all of a sudden it does become this like a little bit of a whodunit type of mystery because um uh uh Christina Klebe's character, uh Hildegard Baumann, uh they call Hilde, um, who is this German immigrant, um, speaks with a with a you know a strong, you know, German accent and Um, you know, they, they came up with the most German name they could just pops out of the closet and she's like tied up in some capacity. Um, so this is,
0: this is, we didn't, I don't know if we completely mentioned it, but this is after Hawk also shoots himself.
1: Yeah. We didn't get that far yet. Yeah. Sorry. I kind of skipped that, that pretty big part. Um, yeah. So, so what happens is, uh, Hawk kind of says like, oh, there is a heaven and hell and, you know, Susie is in the afterlife so bye and just blows his brains out just pulls out his ser- service revolver and and, and 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 in a pretty graphic fashion just blows his brains out to the surprise of everybody
0: yeah which th- this is the one thing i didn't like it's not that i didn't like that he like accepts that there is an afterlife and that he's going to go see his wife mm-hmm. it's the it's the fact that like right before he does it he says he's the one that says oh, we can still continue the seance.
1: Yeah, he's basically like, let's get things going again. Like, yeah, we just proved it. That was her. And even like Marla even says, like, I smelled her perfume and they all are in agreement, like you mentioned, that it was Susie. So right. why would he not want to talk to her? But the, yeah, he pretty abruptly changes his mind is like, you know, pulls a, you know, he, he's he's moving on up, you know, he's like, I'm coming I'm coming. No, no, wait, no. I'm mixing up my sitcoms. I'm moving. The, I'm mixing up are. the Jeffersons and uh, and and Red Fox in uh, what the hell's yeah. that called? Uh, Sanford and Son. Um, right. <laughs> Sanford and Son. Red Fox is the one who had the heart attack and said he's coming. Uh, yeah, moving he's on, coming for Jeffersons <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm yes, pretty sure the Jeffersons I'm, were the ones that got the move away from the racist family. Yeah, I think I might
1: be racist for confusing those two uh, black, black sitcoms. Sorry, guys.
0: No, you uh, just have Weed Brain.
1: I do. I do have that too. Um, anyway, just,
0: just the fact that you're able to remember both of them. Is, yeah you know
1: <laughs> that's a good sign that's a good sign i've got some functioning brain cells but yes i i immediately thought of uh uh even when i was watching i immediately thought of i'm coming elizabeth i'm coming <laughs> i fucking love Sanford Francisco. it's so funny um anyway uh yeah and and then he just you know he just he, he just checks out um which yeah was was a little uh, obviously he wasn't in the right mind they they do mention that he was hammered drunk like oh yeah like Paul has socks about like they all get there. It's it's well into the evening. You assume it's you know, I don't know. It's it's dark out. It's into the evening. And Paul mentions, uh, uh, you know, they they establish that Paul's been there since 2 p.m. You know, so they've been they've been hitting the sauce.
0: Yeah. Apparently he's put down two fifths. Hawk yeah, heads. that's that's so, they mention. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> even, guy's still he, even in my heyday, I would only drink one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's 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 an intense amount of booze. But uh, yeah, yeah, listen, then World War Two era drinking. That was a whole different ball game, I think. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. So so he checks the fuck out. Everyone's like, Jesus Christ, what happened? What's happening? Why did that happen? Uh, everyone's reeling still. And then, yeah, Hilde falls out of the closet tied up and then she pops up. Um, and uh obviously with this this thick accent and she says who she is and Paul's like, you're dang old Kraut and he just keeps calling her a Kraut, <laughs> which like I guess that is um was was definitely like a derogatory term for, for Germans during during the during the time, like you know, during and, and post uh World War II, but I don't know, I just felt like they leaned into that slang term really, really hard. Um, yeah
0: i mean I, I don't know another one though you know i what I'm know i like, guess i mean
1: besides just nazi like you know they're accusing right. her of being a nazi uh but they're like goddamn kraut sons of bitches but blah, blah, blah. they just say kraut like a lot and then it was making me hungry because i love kraut so
0: much yeah um but i mean th- anything else would sound silly you can't color Spetzel pants you know <laughs>
1: that's good yeah you're not gonna call her old 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 schnitzel bottom or whatever. Yeah. Um but uh, doesn't yeah.
0: sound doesn't sound tough at all.
1: No, it doesn't. It doesn't even sound derogatory. It sounds like a, a term of endearment. Um yeah. but a- anyway, he uh uh is pretty quickly like um hey, what's going on with this kraut popping out of the closet? Uh what the fuck? And Paul goes from 0 to 60 because they establish pretty quickly and and Hilde explains that um, these fucking crazy people, meaning Hawk and, and Susie, thought that her and her family were were Nazi spies and had been, you know, essentially harassing them, making their life miserable. And ultimately that day, I assume it happened earlier that day, Hawk kidnapped her and, and tied her up and put her in the closet. And she's mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? Why am I here you know, well, she doesn't know. They are like, why are you here? And she explains what happened, that he, he you know, abducted her basically and believes that she's responsible for um, for Susie's suicide and um, yeah, and that she is, in fact, a Nazi spy. Paul is very quick to want to believe Hawk because, again, as he mentions for the 40th time, they're best friends. And he's one of the smartest, (laughs) most upstanding people ever. and, And and obviously he trusts his judgment and he believes that she is, in fact, a spy. Everyone else is like, you're fucking nuts. Paul pretty quickly grabs the gun that Hawk shot himself with and and starts kind of holding everyone up and basically saying like uh we're gonna ki- you know he is he is saying he's gonna kill uh hildy because she is in fact he believes she her to be a nazi spy
0: yeah um, which is which is a real good like chain of command psychology on the mm-hmm. part of like uh, you know, the the character interaction between paul and hawk mm-hmm. is that like paul would think just because hawk was a higher rank than him he would you know, he would automatically just fall in line of like, oh, yeah, he's got to be smarter and better and everything else than me because mm-hmm. we still believe in meritocracy at this point. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> of course, of course, my superior is better than me in every way. This can't so I be should that believe. flawed.
1: That logic can't be flawed.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. His wife can't be insane because he knows better than I know. And so I have to listen to everything he has said.
1: Right. And, 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 and Archie. Uh, is, is definitely has been programmed by the military to also believe that, but, uh, you know, uh, his, his better judgment is peeking out above that and saying like, oh, maybe not. Right. Um, we, we should also mention that Archie, um, they do make mention of the fact that Archie is about to go in front of some sort of grand jury or something, uh, or maybe, maybe it's a military tribunal. I don't know. He's about to go in front of, you know, he's about to go to court in some capacity to defend himself because he has been accused of war crimes. You don't know what those war crimes are, but everyone is basically saying, uh, with the exception of Bob, who's the outlier, basically says, fuck that guy. He's a war criminal. And even Marla is like, no, he didn't do it. And you don't know what it is. But so you have that foreshadowing happening as well
0: yeah and just a just a like a fun kind of like costuming note if you look at everybody uh and just kind of where their mentality is hawk and paul are the only ones still in military dress mm-hmm. like hawk is wearing his fatigues and paul is in full you know done up it's got like, his like service his jacket officer on. uniform and everything yeah. yeah and then everybody else is like uh everybody else is dressed pretty normally and Mm -hmm. their mentality is more shifted towards the war is over. Whereas these other two guys, the war isn't over for them. Right,
1: exactly. And, and, you know, there's, there's a ton of social commentary here on, on obviously the, the, you know, the traumas of, of war, um, PTSD, all that sort of thing, but also xenophobia and, uh, and paranoia and mental illness and 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 these like other types of social stigmas um uh, certainly exacerbated by the fact that it's 1945 but yeah so i guess i'll jump ahead a little bit here because there's a lot of back and forth there's a lot of posturing there's a lot of power dynamic things between like uh archie paul um them you know belittling bob because bob is not you know the the, the you know the the the, the real man that they believe themselves to be. Um, and then Marla, who, you know, y- you pretty much has established the entire time that everyone very much respects her intellect, and everyone is kind of pushing their agendas forward, but ultimately you get the feeling that she is gonna supersede most everything that's happening if she Feels the need to kind of um but she's kind of playing the diplomat a little bit um in the whole like you know scope of the chamber drama if you will and then hildegard uh is basically just sitting there just pleading her case this is crazy let me go but she's she is being very um tactful and almost sly in a way where you're not, as the viewer, convinced that she's not a spy, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, and, and it's interesting, and, like, they have her, like, because she's German, they can get away with her, like, misspeaking. Like, she doesn't have the the full American lexicon that she would mm. know some words would trigger a different connotation than another. Right. So they can get away with that. Um, a, another interesting note, though, that plays into like her innocence Mm -hmm. is her last name is Balman, which is a very kind of, it's, it's a German uh, surname, but it's also a historically Jewish surname.
1: Mm. Okay. yeah. So she's,
0: she's unlikely to be a Nazi spy with a Jewish uh, surname. And also the translation of the name is translates directly to neighbor or citizen.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. uh, That makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just, just a couple things, just a couple like little clues dusted in there to make you think about, you know, who this person is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's good. I I didn't pick up on that. Um, Yeah. So they, they get these, they get these kind of, yeah, again, it's this classic kind of the things you would expect in this type of like tight little, you know, almost clue, like, you know, chamber drama thing. And -hmm. then another bit of a twist happens where, Uh, Your boy Hawk, uh, Larry Fessenden's character, um, who done shot his brains out, is now starting to talk.
0: (laughs) And yeah, he decides I'm not dead. LOL. Yeah. yeah, LOL. JK.
1: (laughs) BRB. I'm back. And then does a little like a lot of like a grunting and basically saying like, kill her, kill her, like ordering uh, Paul to shoot Hildy and everyone's like no 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 don't do it and what the fuck is that corpse talking for and you know and and all this so it's creating a lot more um confusion and, and hysteria amongst the ranks um and then you know at some point uh we should mention that paul has the key to the door um they try to Basically, several of them try to fuck off soon after, uh, uh, you know, um, Hawk shoots himself and they realize the doors to the, to the parlor that they're in um, are locked. And Paul, before I think right before or around the time that Hildy busts out of the closet, um, he finds the key on Hawk and then also, like I said, procures his his uh, gun um and uh at some point they basically say uh uh paul's like i'm not letting you guys out of here we need to hash this out we need to figure out if she's a nazi spy and they're all like you're crazy let us out uh bob is especially kind of hysterical about wanting to get out of this room um ultimately the way that marla and i'm jumping ahead a little bit kind of chooses to satisfy paul and archie for that matter who's kind of like on the fence a little bit um because you know because he is really you establish you know and you come to learn really the 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 gritty details of archie really was was clive's you know uh, for lack of a better term hired gun you know he was the guy in battle that you know his superior officer pointed him in a direction and said kill and he did it um, so he kind of has this facade of like this war hero because he killed so many, so many of the enemy and, you know, it was this like, you know, you know, it's almost, almost represented as this like, you know, super soldiery type of guy. Um, and then you start to, you know, the story of, of Paul and, and even more so Hawk starts to unravel when, um, everyone kind of admits that Hawk was full of shit.
0: Yeah. And it's also, it also comes about because Paul is the one who drops the bomb that Archie like was the one who blew up the school. Yes. He, yeah. He ultimately does Yeah. That. I, I didn't like, I didn't love the way Paul dropped that either because it just comes really, I don't know, it, it felt like forced or ham fisted in a way mm-hmm. because it's, it starts with just like an argument between uh, Archie and Paul. And, like, Archie, is, is, it's, it's it's over Archie's homosexuality. Yeah. And, you know, they're arguing back and forth about that. And then Archie's like, you know, hey, Paul, you know, rein it in. You know, we're on the same side that this, you know, that Hildy's a Nazi. Stop coming after me. Yeah. You know, or, you know, you're going to find out what's up. Yeah. And then Paul's like, yeah, OK, yeah. Thanks for reminding me we're on the same side, baby butcher. And right. it just 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 the way like there wasn't any other kind of like nickname that he Paul had been calling Archie. Like if he had been calling if he had been calling him Butch the entire time.
1: Yeah, it, it was a little heavy handed.
0: Yeah. But if he was like calling him Butch the entire time, you could have you you could have gotten it that like Butch was a, a, a nickname that was based on his homosexuality. Mm hmm. Not a nickname, as in butcher. Right.
1: Yeah, that would have been probably a more tactful way of of uh, like slowly letting that out. But yeah, it comes yeah. abruptly.
0: Yeah, it's just so abrupt, and I think it's just again just to move. Yeah, you know, a lot of this stuff happens really abrupt to move things along. But I think it could. I, I think some of these details could have been uh, let out on a drip rather than a full faucet. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, they 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 come out and basically say that, like, Paul has agreed to basically, you know, lie on the stand um, for Archie and defend him in this war crimes trial in saying that he didn't realize. But then Archie, after, you know, Paul really provokes him, he explains what happened, which was they were in very a dire situation where they were getting picked off by enemy snipers and hawk basically again pointed archie in the direction and said hey you know this was some this was established that it was a school and it was actually like a children's shelter um that that happened to be um you know a bird's nest for these snipers that were picking them off and and hawk's direction was for him to go in and, and blow up the school and kill all these kids and they did it knowingly Um, And it was one of these things where they felt at the time that the ends justified the means to to save, you know, you know, to get out of the situation they were in. And it was one of those classics like I was just following orders kind of situation. But there's a whole narrative that that comes to fruition very much in the in the end, you know, in the really in the climax film which is this kind of personal responsibility narrative as well, which I guess we'll talk about in a second. But that's something that like Archie's ultimately having to come to terms with. And Hawk uh, or not Hawk, I'm sorry, Paul also holds that over his head, because once they do, ultimately uh, what Marla does is she goes through this interrogation technique with Hildy where she basically like sticks a pin in her finger and forces her to like be in a situation where she might confess that she's a Nazi or, or give up some information and she doesn't, but there's also this um, underlying theme, not theme, but underlying like um, understanding, I guess that Marla does not believe Hildy is a Nazi and is ultimately doing this just as like, a bit of theater to satisfy Paul.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like for the most part, most people aren't aware of Marla's tactics. Yeah. And so like she can kind of get away with doing the bare minimum, Mm -hmm. but she still does like a a, a fair amount of like torturous, you know, work to Hildy's hand. Yeah. But But she
1: kind of communicates that she's on her side. You know, and that she's just doing this to 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 basically save her life. And and but but she already believes her, basically. Yeah.
0: Yeah. She yeah. She kind of coaches her and she's like, look, don't you know, don't make this worse than it has to be. I believe you. But like, just stick with me for this minute and, you know, I'll get you through it. But it's going to suck. This Mm -hmm. is going to suck. But it'll, you know, save your life ultimately. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So once they establish that she is she's not a Nazi, you know, Paul's not satisfied and ultimately holds the whole uh, uh, story and his willingness to um, vouch for Archie during this. You know, what is I guess we should probably specify, too, is like a high profile thing like they hear about it on the radio, um, mm-hmm. you know, that that Archie is this war uh, a hero that is going on trial for war crime. So it's like, it's a high profile thing that's in the media. Um, Yeah. Ultimately, um, you know, this thing kind of goes on for a while. They eventually do. Unlock the door or the door kind of sucks in the key. And then they ultimately um, come to this like kind of fever pitch where. uh, Hawks corpse which has been grunting and saying things to them and demanding that they kill Hildy starts smashing its face against the table like repeatedly. In a, um, uh, and I just watched Jacob's Ladder last night, which is, mm-hmm. yeah, I wouldn't compare these two movies, but it did remind me of some <laughs> of the scenes, you know, in the kind of uh climactic scene in that movie where they're in the like, you know, I guess it's hell or whatever, I don't know. But when they're the in inmates of the asi- you know, hypothetical asylum are like smashing their heads off the wall and shit. I couldn't help but think about that. But it's a really cool because at this point, like there's some supernatural stuff. There's some gory stuff. Like I said, you're seeing a big hole in the back of his head, and they even kind of examine it, and there's a there's a lot of blood and that sort of thing. But overall, it's been more of a psychological drama than a horror.
0: Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's not until I would say it's after the torture scene. uh, The Susie's ghost reappears.
1: Yes. Is that now? Does the ghost reappear before the face smashing or after? I can't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's yeah. It's after the interrogation scene because Mm. then they decide to re they they recommit to finishing the seance. Right. Yes, yes, yes. You're right. And then the power goes out and the ghost shows up and. The ghost essentially undoes everything they learned in the interrogation because the ghost accuses Hildy of killing her.
1: Right. Of literally sneaking into her house and, and cutting her wrist and making it look like a suicide.
0: Right. Which, yeah, which Paul was already not believing the interrogation, but this affirms for him that, you know, oh, OK, here's Susie, the wife of the person I respect the most yeah you know so i'm gonna take the ghost over what you know the the play interrogation i just saw right right and then uh
1: but but again he's still the only one that's really convinced at this point um they're all pretty freaked out um because the ghost and it and mind you it's a dang old ghost uh but she's she's pretty even for a ghost she's like she seems pretty unstable like you know what i mean like yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. kind of ranting and raving <laughs> a little bit um uh, the ghost, the ghost of Susie and is, is a con, uh, 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 you know accusing her of, of killing her and you did this and all this stuff but there's still like an underlying <laughs> there's an underlying theme of like uh, you, you still don't believe the ghost <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? I mean
0: yeah because yeah. why would you believe the ghost? I mean it's kind of the beauty of the film is like you can really pick anybody's side that you want to yeah, uh, you know, and it, because you learn more about how untrustworthy Hawk is with the way, mm-hmm. you know, he told tall tales and was really just the guy who was too cowardly to do any of the killing himself that he sent everybody to do it for him. Right. You know, and yeah. So, you, yeah, you just learn more and more about every character. And so you, you're willing to go kind of on the ride of back and forth of like, is Hildy really? you know, an, uh, a spy or not.
1: Yeah. And and the interest, the most interesting thing is when you think about somebody, you know, passing on to the afterlife, I guess there is some assumption that they will receive some sort of clarity. And for somebody right. who was, you know, and not to be derogatory, but, you know, kind of a raving lunatic during life and then to remain a raving lunatic in death is, like, kind of an unnerving thing. You know what
0: I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and it's one of those things that, like, oh, maybe, like, you don't get that reward of clarity. Because, like, also, she looks like a sea hag.
1: <laughs> she does. She's disheveled.
0: <laughs> so, like, it's not like she got, you know, a, a paradise-like afterlife. Right. You know, she she's not in, like the form that everybody reminds her or remembers her as mm-hmm. uh, she's in like this bloated drenched sea hag corpse yeah that is you know you know ranting and raving and like they even cut to you know they show essentially what are photos of Susie you mm-hmm. know in better days a lot of the time so yeah. you would think if like she achieved a happy afterlife she would look like that and she would you know hover over the table and say hello all my friends welcome i'm doing cool bye
1: <laughs> yeah oh by the way that 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 german that kraut did murder me so maybe you figure that out bye no yeah, it's like she it's really ra- did
0: do that no it's <laughs> ranting and
1: raving and and frankly like approaching it in a very unreliable way still um like she she did and she's still cray cray. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so obviously you're like, you're not, you're not really believing her at this point And, and, um, but anyway, um, you know, soon thereafter when they're still kind of debating on, on what, you know, what to do and, and arguing and, and, and all that stuff. Uh, uh, Hawk again, there's a really cool, um, all Not by any means perfect, but just really well placed practical effect with Hawk smashing the corpse, you know, sitting up and then repeatedly smashing with a lot of violent force its face off the table until its face starts to just like distort into this like clay like flat you know it's just smashing its face flat
0: <laughs> against the table
1: it's, it's borderline comical yeah, but
0: it's funny you say clay because like now that i think about it it really does look like clay face from the batman cartoon
1: it does it does with like the no chin at all just completely flat and then his head almost does become a little bit like like a mountain like yeah <laughs> I mean, and then like, like the
0: teeth <laughs> just the teeth are all like all over the place <laughs> yeah, and sticking like out a
1: graveyard which is very clay face as well Um, but yeah, and, and they're just like, goo, you know, just watching him smash his face off (laughs) off the table. And then, you know, and and I don't think I'm mixing up the, the sequence of this, uh, the sequence too much, but there's kind of a, for lack of a better term, a coming to Jesus moment for, for Archie, where he's basically, uh, I guess coming to terms with what he did and ultimately, I think what they're trying to portray is that he is finally taking personal responsibility for what he did. Um, mm-hmm. And so or in or perhaps this is even part of the, the 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 reason for him doing that is the doors kind of magically unlock for him. And when he opens them up, he gets a glimpse into hell, uh, presumably, yeah. which is this like it, it was cool. I like it was it was a bold swing, but it is this kind of like. Weird CGI screamy hell kind of thing. Um, which I know it would have been a big ask, but boy, how cool would it have been if that was just like practical and it was basically like he opens the door and it looks, you know, like the when Bill Murray looks under the Ghost of Christmas <laughs> Futures, you yeah, know, yeah. gown. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ah, you know, that would have been even cooler, but um you know you get this and i don't even remember necessarily what was happening there was like i think there was a head there was like i don't know like
0: i think a lot of it is actually practical in a lot of ways it's just uh what's happening is like it's definitely he is being shown the hell of going back to the
1: uh oh that's right the
0: school so there's a bunch of burnt
1: um you know limbs popping up and you know a face or two and assumedly it is yeah his victims that he blew up in in the school bombing you know situation
0: yeah and so like yeah i think you get a couple like of those puppets and then like there is like a lot of cgi like embers and like other stuff built around it that's right that's right
1: yeah i'm probably not giving it enough credit because it was yeah now that you say that i do remember there was some what seemed to look to be some practical, like limbs and things like that kind of mixed in with the CGI. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, so that's, that's a pretty, that's a pretty uh, uh, rude awakening for our boy Archie. Um, yeah. And i and I don't think I'm missing too much, but I'm, I'm jumping forward just a little bit at the, at the point when um, I, I might even be stepping back a second, but at, a, at the point where uh, uh, Hawk's character is smashing his face off the table, they all kind of simultaneously they're like okay we getting the fuck up out of here and they all try to um you know they've established the door won't open but they start trying to break the windows i think even you know at this point i don't remember who has the gun because it does change hands a couple times
0: yeah so you're definitely jumping back yeah it's yeah it's it's after it's like after archie sees this vision of hell and like they've they've broken the seance and everything and this is also before the hawk the starts smashing his head. Mm-hmm. Paul starts just—he decides he's just going to choke uh, Hildy to death. Yes, I forgot. He's just going to strangle yep. her. He's just going to yep. strangle her straight up.
1: I knew there was an incident that I was forgetting. Yeah,
0: yeah. So while Paul's strangling Hildy, Archie tries to stop Paul, and then Archie has the gun on him, which mm-hmm. is at the at this point uh, that bob grabs the gun off of archie and takes control right yeah
1: and bob you know as a reminder has been kind of the meek and mild you know husband uh of marla at this point and yeah. uh and now all of a sudden he's just you know he's he's uh, fed up and he's he's got a a little bit of a crazed look in his eye type of situation and he's like "Fuck all this noise i i gotta get out of here kind of thing so
0: yeah. So this is this is my theory on Bob. Mm-hmm. Of I think Bob is OSS. Oh, okay. There's I don't I'm I'm grasping at straws, possibly, probably. Mm-hmm. But I'm just putting a lot together because Bob is actually the character we know the least about. Yes, you know, correct. Like nothing is really ever revealed about him. So I'm thinking Bob is like OSS, which is like pre-CIA. Mm-hmm. And but they make mentions of things like he works at the Pentagon and they do. you're right. And then like how they never make mention of like how he got into a relationship with Marla. Mm-hmm. And like, I I'm also just as, I guess I'm sort of assuming Marla is also OSS because she was intelligence and interrogation.
1: Yeah. It does seem it. it is pretty clear that Marla, uh, you know, had some sort of like high security clearance type of role. Like she was, yeah. she was a well-known entity to the entire U.S. military.
0: Right. And she was like stationed at a base, but like they never meant, I don't think they ever mentioned a rank for her or anything. Yeah. So I think she was probably part of the OSS that was deployed and then stationed into a base mm-hmm. for intelligence and interrogation. And mm-hmm. then that's probably where she met Bob is like maybe they met at like an OSS training camp or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, and then they came together that way. But then like another hint that Bob kind of drops is like at the very beginning of the film, uh, they're, they're talking, a, they make mention of Marla's interrogation techniques. Mm-hmm. And I think Archie calls it torture. It's either Archie or Hawk calls it torture. And then Bob is quickly to dismiss. And you know, he says, it's not torture. It's interrogation. It's, you know, so like he he is completely cool with you know these her he's both aware of her techniques and is completely cool with him, mm-hmm. which is something that he would be if he was also trained that way as an yeah, OSS agent.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I that I think that's a valid theory because yeah, you definitely intentionally don't know much about Bob, and you know if you, you know, when you've seen a lot of movies like this you do ultimately expect that Bob is going to come back around as playing a bigger role than he seems to play. Right. Um, If he's he's
0: not killed off in the first 15, then he has value elsewhere.
1: (laughs) Right. Something big is going to happen with Bob. And ultimately it does, but it never really... There's never a big reveal for Bob. So like no. I, I wonder like what you're saying makes sense and I wonder if it was something that got I don't want I don't want to assume anything you know that it got caught or anything but it does feel like there maybe was more to the Bob story that that didn't make it to the final cut I don't know
0: yeah and then my just my final hint which is actually, which is actually what got me started on thinking this way is mm-hmm. when Bob's holding the gun. He's holding it in like a kind of a trained way because he's mm-hmm. holding it two-handed with one hand over the other. Yeah. You know, if you were if you were somebody who had never held a gun before, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be holding it the way Bob does. You'd no. be holding it like one-handed and your hands would be shaking. Like his hands aren't really shaking when he's pointing the gun at Paul now. So I don't know. Yeah, I think he had yeah. some sort of yeah, OSS training and it's not it's not until what he does ultimately does that like he is affected by what he yeah. does. Yeah.
1: And I guess like, I don't know if there's really anything between uh, where we're at now and talking about that. Um But ultimately Bob takes control. He's got the gun and he's like, I got to do something. Y'all are fucking up. And Paul tries to, you know, it, it, play play you know gamble <laughs> but in a in a, you know hey listen i'm a big dog bob he doesn't take him seriously at all i'm just gonna go and take the gun away from bob as he grabs the gun bob blows paul's fingers off Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then you're like god damn and he's like He blew my dang old fingers off and um <laughs> and there's like and you think that's going to be the big part of it you know that's the big thing that's going to happen but then he just turns around and just pops paul right between the eyes
0: yeah um, well i mean Paul paul's pissed and he comes at him again and says i'm gonna kill you he says yes, i'm gonna he, kill you so he, he you does know, say hey. that
1: <laughs> yeah so that's it's a it's a bit of a stand and stand to defend situation there with yeah. bob so he's like oh you're gonna you're gonna kill me okay and he shoots him you're like all right so that was potentially in self-defense but yeah it's a shocking <laughs> moment because bob yeah. has been so mild-mannered up in this till this point and then everyone's like oh great that guy's dead like not everyone but like hildy especially is like thank you good thing that guy's dead and then to everyone's surprise uh bob turns and shoots hildy in the head as well yeah yeah and you're like oh goddamn, is bob going berserker mode here right or what but then you realize that and Bob says right off the bat that, you know, he makes a comment that something like I had to do it. And that tells you that that was a calculated move on Bob's part. It wasn't just weird Bob Berserker, Bob mode. Right. Um, and he uh, and then um, the door, you know, that kind of breaks the. The the spell, if you will, um, you know, the 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 the. the whatever type of um, I don't know I don't know a better word besides like a spell that that they were they were involved in that maybe the seance opened up assumedly the seance opened up um, and basically he he ultimately gave in and did the will of of Hawk and Susie assuming that Susie in the afterlife had basically locked them in this room until Hildy was killed. Right. Um and the way I took it and maybe I'm off maybe I'm off on this but this is the way I took it. And and I but there's still some some holes for me is this was obviously a, a plan that Hawk had, right? He would not have offed himself and left Hildy in the closet if he didn't think. Uh, if, if he didn't like s- basically set up the dominoes and and flick the first one, you know, so I took this as Bob or not Bob, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Hawk obviously believed his wife that Hildy was in fact a Nazi spy and ultimately Hildy was responsible for his wife's death. Um, he decided if I can verify that Hildy is in the afterlife and there is a heaven or an afterlife of some capacity that I can get there to reunite with her, then I want to do that. However, if I kill Hildy, I'm going to hell or I'm not going to necessarily go to the place where Susie is.
0: Nah, and, no, I don't think it's no. that.
1: Well, then no, why did he just kill Hildy himself? Why did he lock her in the closet?
0: Well, because they said it earlier that like he's never been the killer. He's like, just scared to do it. Yeah, he's he's a fucking pussy. He can't stand. I blood. Gotcha. That's yeah. what that's why Paul was there earlier than everybody else. Oh, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That makes more sense. Yep.
0: It may or may not have been Hawk's plan to fucking kill himself. OK, um, yeah. But like, it was always the plan for Paul to kill Hildy. So, yes. yeah,
1: yep. so, that yeah, that makes I don't, more sense.
0: Yeah, I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think he would have thought about it that way of like, if I kill Hildy, I can't go to wherever my wife is because, I mean, it's very Catholic for that, you know, the one thing you can't do is kill yourself because right. you know, that's automatic, that's automatic hell. Yeah. That's double yeah. hell sometimes. <laughs>
1: yeah double hell no you're right that makes a lot more sense yeah i didn't i didn't think that through very well so yeah he he is he is too squeamish to do what he thinks needs done so he's gonna do the thing he always did in war which is you know point one of his uh you know human weapons towards her um but then he ultimately he decided he was gonna he was gonna off himself in that moment and and reunite with her in some capacity um right. so okay I guess the assumption still is that Susie had some sort of control over the situation or they gave her power by opening up the gates with the seance for her to basically put them in some scenario where they can't leave until Hildy dies.
0: Right. And I mean, even Hawk says it at the beginning before the seance is like, you know, you guys can't leave this room until it's mm-hmm. done. Yeah. And I think again, even though he, even though I think everybody else in that scene is thinking he means the seance. I think he's probably, you know, referencing killing Hildy. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. So ultimately, um, you know, everyone is, you know, the finger is kind of being pointed at, um, at Archie and, and, uh, you know, I guess to a lesser extent at Paul, but the whole idea is like, Archie, you, you took you know, you didn't take responsibility for what you did. You're saying, hey, I was just following orders, which is, of course, um, a I guess a turn of phrase that is oftentimes associated with the Nazis, (laughs) you know? Right. (laughs) Um, You know, and and obviously, you know, concentration camps and all that sort of thing is that we were just following orders kind of thing. You know, that was that was like the defense for a lot of, you know, German, you know, Nazi soldiers during World War Two and you know i guess the 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 narrative was turning the mirror back around on archie um and saying yeah well you did the same thing fuckwad you know you killed a bunch of kids because you thought you know your superior officer told you to do it and then ultimately that judgment that is being placed on archie which he ultimately um takes responsibility for um eventually gets turned back around on bob as well so you know basically immediately upon killing hildy things go back to normal they're able to exit the room and then they're just like let's gather our coats and peace out <laughs> like kind of in a, <laughs> a little bit of a like you would think you'd walk out of that like you know ash from the evil dead you know you're like battered and bruised and you know cro- you know a pretty intense thing just happened and they're just like Let's get our coats. Wow. What a wacky evening. Let's grab a cab. You know what I mean? <laughs> thing, yeah. As they walk out and uh, and uh, and then they all have their little. So it almost felt dreamlike when they when they yeah. walked out, except for only, you know, uh because uh, because it is the three of them walking out that walked in together.
0: Right. So, so, yeah. And and there's another interesting technical note about this. Is I don't know if you noticed, uh, but did you notice the aspect ratio changing? no didn't yeah so the film starts i mean it starts in black and white yeah and it starts in uh it starts in a four three aspect ratio which would have been mm. more common for the time back then yeah uh and then it expands to a, to a wide once they're inside the parlor
1: mm. yeah i guess i did i guess i did kind of subconsciously recognize that because it, it also yeah. went color yeah
0: yeah it's like you might not have noticed but your brain did
1: yeah right right
0: (laughs) but the expanding and contracting of the aspect ratio involves the three characters we're talking about it also involves in the hallway there is a poster that is a remembrance of pearl harbor and that like that kind of serves as an anchor to both open and close the aspect ratio. But like the aspect ratio is always four or three when they're outside. Mm-hmm. So it's in that, like you're saying, it's kind of like a return back to a narrow vision a narrow mindedness. Uh, you know, they're back in the real world of 1945 mm-hmm. where there's no ghosts and, you know, nobody knows kind of like what's going on inside of you. Nobody knows, you know, your crimes. Yeah. What you've done. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like, are you gonna,
1: you know, and, and obviously that's a little bit of a, not a little bit, I would imagine, you know, a uh, uh, quite a, uh, analogy to, you know, the, the soldiers returning from war, you know what I mean? Like they're returning from their own little kind of mini war, if you will, that happened inside that, the you know, that, that, uh, that brownstone. Mm-hmm. and then the the ultimate you know thing that Archie says is he he is going to take the high road or the moral high road in that he's going tomorrow to turn himself in and 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 admit what he did and take responsibility for it um and that he's urging bob to do the same mm-hmm so, yeah, the the judginess, if you will, which is, I don't know, certainly justified judginess of Bob as they walked in saying, fuck, that guy's a war criminal. Um, you know, they come out and he's faced what he did or is prepared to face what he did. And now Bob's got to have that same internal. Conversation yeah. with himself.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's. And again, they're marrying each other in that way of Archie did what he did, thinking it would end the war. And Bob does what he does, thinking it also ends like this kind of like side war or the infection of the war, Mm -hmm. because, you know, you think about it like Susie infected Hawk with her paranoia, like Hawk couldn't let go of the war and he couldn't let go of his wife, and you know her beliefs so he was infected by it and then paul was infected by hawk so like by killing paul bob you know kind of nips that in the bud but then by also killing hildy nobody else is also going to suspect her right so like it's not going to be a thing for anybody it just it all ends right here and then because it, it marla makes mention numerous times of like you know fuck the war why can't we just end the war you know the war's over let it go
1: yeah 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 and then it's like this ultimately this this idea that there are the ends justifying the means rationale is not Mm -hmm. with is not without you know personal penance kind of thing i guess right Um, so he's so now bob's got a got a Shoulder that burden in the same way that that Archie came to the realization that he has to, um, you know, shoulder that burden and he can't can't he can't plead ignorance uh, or (laughs) can't plead duty, I guess, um, you know, for for the things he's done. But yeah, and that's it. And uh, yeah, there's obviously as they kind of uh, get back into the car, the way that they got out of the car, meaning Bob and Hill and, uh, and and Marla was very lovey-dovey and he's this you know gentleman oh i'm letting you out cario yo, and she's kind of like charmed by his like quaintness um on the way out she's like you know fuck yourself I, you know and and she's having very obviously um uh conflicted thoughts or or decidedly negative thoughts ultimately about what bob did um so it's like this realist versus idealist type of thing i guess i don't know yeah um anyway and that is uh that's that's it that's brooklyn 45 um any uh yeah any additional comments how'd you feel about it overall
0: yeah overall i think it's like a really fun kind of like you're saying because it's a chamber drama Mm -hmm. it's a little different than what i think most people are expecting and used to and because the supernatural elements don't play a whole lot into it mm-hmm. until kind of the very end. Like it start, like you, it starts it off, you know, the, the ghost kicks everything off, mm-hmm. but it's really more Hildy falling out of the closet that, yeah. you know, initiates more of the dominoes falling. So yeah, it's, uh, I think it's still like, it's still firmly like a horror movie. Because mm-hmm. they're they're trapped under supernatural pretenses, like they can't leave the room, mm-hmm. they can't break the windows. Uh, so, like they're just kind of all forced and forced to deal with all of their character, you know, flaws and what you learn about them. But it it definitely plays out more like a play, like a stage mm-hmm. play, than uh, a classic horror movie.
1: Yeah. It's weird because I was looking just out of curiosity at some of the like reviews, even on like Letterboxd and and even on Shutter and stuff like that. And it was a really weird, you know, grading curve, if you will, <laughs> for mm-hmm. how people felt about this movie. Like, I would say overwhelmingly it was positive, um, but it w- but very little super positive. I thought it was going to be very polarizing, like some people were really going to dig this. Uh Uh, And It's going to be their flavor and then some people are going to super hate it because it does feel like a play and it and it's and it's not. It doesn't lean super heavily into the horror aspect and some traditional horror themes, but overall it just felt like the vast majority of people are like, yeah, that was good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> You know, just like everyone felt like it was a, you know, it was a, you know, a, a, a three out of five, a three and a half out of five. You know what I mean? It was just yeah. like everyone gave it a b plus
0: <laughs> that, i think that's what i would do too i would give it a b plus like
1: yeah there's, i mean there's you have a- some
0: outliers right there's people that yeah. are like this is
1: fucking boring and there's not even any <laughs> boobs you know there i think i saw danzig reviewed it and he said there was not <laughs> enough boobs but like I you only know showed the ghost <laughs> twice and i ain't seen nobody's boobs it ain't that good <laughs> there wasn't any boobs and the boobs that there wasn't wasn't even bloody um but yeah it was it was like uh you know you see a couple of those um but overall just yeah it was like people's consensus seemed to be like pretty standard which is like that was good it wasn't great but it was good
0: um i i mean yeah a couple you know just like a couple heavy-handed moments you know to that were just there to move the story along mm -hmm. uh you know aside from that Yeah, like, yeah, Uh, there's a lot of interesting character drama to that, and they do some fun camera movement to tell you, like, oh, here's a supernatural thing that's going to happen. Like, Mm -hmm. anytime you see the camera start to cant to one side or the other, you're like, oh, ghost stuff's happening.
1: (laughs) Yeah, 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 that's a good subconscious ones. Yeah, that's, that's not something I would necessarily pick up on, but yes that is actually like kind of a weird trope that I guess I've never really consciously thought about is that mm-hmm. kind of like slight slideway scrolling? You're like, Oh buddy, what's going to have to happen? You know, it's almost like yeah. the, 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 the the eerie music cropping up in the background, but, but from a, <laughs> uh, a cinematography, cinematography perspective.
0: Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's one that's like really, really obvious to look for mm-hmm. is uh, when Paul goes to put the key in the door and the door swallows the key. Hmm the the camera angle is canting to a side but they're intercutting with a two shot with him and archie and paul's like centered directly in the fl- frame so it's like a real flat frame intercut yeah. intercut with like this twisting you know oh, oh spooky oh yeah,
1: yeah 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 i know what you're talking about now because it's like from the perspective of almost like if it was somebody looking through a peephole from the other right. side of the door right yeah yeah that's cool that's interesting um, the more I learn about cinematography, the, the, the more ignorant I feel about movies in general,
0: <laughs> it's like, it's just such a,
1: such a thing that I just don't, you know, I, 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 you know, obviously you're a lot more like technically knowledgeable with this stuff. And like, I, I tend to be a lot more, it's like story driven, you know, that's right, just the right. way I absorb movies. It's like music. Like some people listen to the lyrics and some people listen to the, to, to, the music, you know what I mean? Or, or lead with that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And just like that's never something that has been. It's just not my intuition to think about those things. So like having somebody point them out is always super interesting because it's just like my my brain just recognizes it. But but it's just like, oh, movie magic is happening, you know,
0: (laughs) but like that's the like that's always kind of the best cinematography Mm -hmm. is when you don't notice it, like, and it just, it just affects you subconsciously, like when they can put it in there and you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but like, yeah, like you're saying, like your brain recognizes like, Oh, like these camera angles are off or yeah, the aspect ratio is changing, you know, unless you're like really sitting down to look for that stuff, you're not going to notice it. Uh, this goes the other way though. Like when you have a less competent director and a less like, you know, somebody who's not as competent as Ted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you just notice how everything's flat and everything is on the mid horizon and everything is trash. Like, oh, yeah, if
1: I that's like if I shot a movie, if I was behind the camera, everything would just be like framed up like it
0: was a fucking senior photo shoot. Like it was like (laughs) (laughs) like like that flash movie is getting dragged to hell because (laughs) Yeah. Like, I guess one of the big fight scenes in it is just like flat mid horizon, like nothing to look at, nothing's interesting, uh, and it's just like, uh. <laughs> yeah, so yeah.
1: Well, oh. that, that definitely, definitely worth a watch in, in, in my mind. I wouldn't say it has a lot of uh rewatchability, um, probably, uh, not necessarily something I'm, I'm probably going to sit down and watch again just because there is like a lot. I don't know if that has anything to do with like the being a mystery element. Like I've watched the movie Clue nine million times, mm-hmm. but for whatever reason, it doesn't strike me as a movie that I'm going to revisit. Uh, but it, but I, it was a fun watch, and it absolutely kept my attention the whole way through, and and had some fun twists and turns. So um, I would definitely uh, definitely suggest checking it out uh, if you haven't already. Even with uh, you know even if you did listen before watching and got some spoilers, I think it's still worth definitely worth a watch. And uh, remind everybody. Uh, If you got any ideas for some of them spooky, ooky Nickelodeon Halloween stuff, we're going to do a nice little uh, change of pace in uh, for our July showdown episode. So if you've got any things that, you know, you think might not be on our radar that we should check out and consider for our picks for that showdown episode in July, please throw them our way on the social media's um and uh, uh and as always we we always appreciate if you um you know give us a review on one of them social media you know one of them podcatcher apps uh you know give us a whole five star or however many dang old stars they have review i need to reorder some halloween is forever stickers because i do believe i'm out of them or very near very near out of them um so we can start sending some folks po- some folks some stickers once again um and uh yeah tune in next week uh for our showdown or i'm sorry for our mini so next week where we uh we uh also reveal who our guest is going to be for that july showdown which is going to be a lot of dang old fun so
0: yeah all right anything else i'm forgetting steve uh just a tangentially like we're talking about how this is kind of a stage play mm-hmm. i had a instance of falling asleep to Tubi. Mm-hmm. I fell i fell asleep watching fucking mystery science theater for the eight thousandth time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but i was woken up to the craziest show i've ever seen yeah Uh, it's called the goes wrong show okay so i started watching it because i saw you post about it
1: yeah and i and i had like just conference call after conference call today but i had like a half hour window at like 3 p.m and i hadn't eaten lunch so i sat down you know, ate some leftover chicken tendies that were in my fridge and started watching it. Holy shit, that show is
0: funny. It is so funny. It is the most Buster Keaton, Looney Tunes (laughs) ass shit I have seen in a long time. Yeah. It is so great. And I I, like I know we're not supposed to, you know, be in love with Tubi anymore but you know like go check it out on Tubi
1: yeah I think it's free on uh YouTube too if you if you want to check it out on there but yeah it looks like probably. it's on a quite a few streaming platforms but I watched probably you know yeah two-thirds of the first episode and I was cracking the hell up and I actually jumped on a call you know I jumped on my my last conference call of the day and I and I even like suggested it to a couple of my co-workers that I know would yeah. love I'm like you got to check this out it's fucking again 20 minutes in I was like I was howling
0: it's amazing you'll yeah. like episodes three and four are so fucking crazy you'll like <laughs> i yeah
1: <laughs> yeah i was 20 minutes in i was already in love with it so i'm I'm definitely gonna check that out i uh what did i fall asleep last night watching on to uh uh it was a it was a tarantino oh uh inglorious bastards i don't know why oh, okay. i threw that on i was watching that. i fucking love that movie uh, i fell asleep watching that last night so yeah Tubi be is my my sound machine you know quite often so mm-hmm. um but uh yeah all right boys and ghouls uh that's all we got for this here mini so tune in next week like i said we we'll got some fun announcements and i don't even know what the hell we're gonna talk about yet but we probably gonna be spooky and it's gonna be fun so come check uh check us out on that next mini so send us some suggestions for the showdown episode
0: and for the halloween is forever crew i'm brian and i'm champ triple champ big old triple champ with the stout size give me some
1: good nickelodeon shit i'm gonna do pete and pete i don't know if it's enough to win but i gotta get rid of this motherfucker (laughs) we gotta finish this
0: triple champ